Hi, everybody. It's Connie Bowman, host of the weekly podcast, Happy Healthy You, where we talk about living lives that are whole in mind, body, and spirit. Our new sponsor for the podcast is Red Revive, and I have to tell you, I'm enjoying the results I'm getting after adding just a couple of tablespoons to my green smoothie in the morning. I've even gotten my family to try it. For more about Red Revive and 30% off your order, go to our Happy Healthy You Facebook page and click on the Red Revive video at the top left. go to get a PhD in play? Well, our guest today says that's her degree. Colleen Cannon is the founder of Women's Quest. She founded it in 1992, and it's a great place where women can travel to gorgeous, amazing location spots and try a new sport like yoga, hiking, biking, even surfing. I've been on a Women's Quest adventure, and I can truly say it changed my life. I returned home with a new appreciation for not only my own strength, mine was a mountain biking trip, and I think I hit some some new levels of, uh, shall we say, fitness or, or maybe failure, <laughs> but also a, an appreciation for the strength of women in general. Colleen Cannon is a professional triathlete. She's a world champion in 1984 and a national champion in 88 and 90. She was also a multiple U.S. national team member. She loves chocolate. She loves being in nature and also liberating and empowering women through movement and balance and targeting their true heart's desire. And she is definitely in touch with her true heart's desire. Thank you, Colleen Cannon, for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Connie. I'm so happy to be here. How are things out in Colorado? Well, today we're expecting some snow, our spring snow. I live at about 8,000 feet up above Boulder. And, you know, it's really funny because most people are getting their flowers and everything is beautiful and in bloom. And up here, you know, our spring is we get like spring snow. Yeah. And even our Easter lilies have little flower, you know, fur on them. There's something different about Colorado, though. When you guys get snow, it's different. <laughs> it's still joyful. When we get it on the East Coast, well, I don't know. There's something about us that just says, go away. We're ready for spring. Our snow melts really, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to talk first about Women's Quest, and then we're going to get into some ideas from you about ways to create mini retreats in our lives if while we're in between retreats in between our women's quest retreats but i want to start with your original vision for women's quest and how you came up with this because you were racing you're in that super competitive world of triathlon how did the women's quest idea come to you well actually one day i was out for a run and I had gone by this church that was having a gathering of Native Americans, and they were talking about the prophecy for 2012. And so I go in in my little running outfit. I'm like, well, I, I want to hear this. So they escorted me really right to the front, and I sat down in my running shorts, and they talked about everything that was going to happen in the year 2012. So this was 1992, 91, at the end, 92 at the end of it. And I just, I was kind of like really afraid and everything that they were saying really scared me, you know, the destruction, um, everything that would happen to the human race and all the animals. So at the end of the talk, everybody else had left and I was still sitting there and they all came up to me and they kind of gathered around me 
And I thought, uh oh, I'm in trouble. What did I do now? Mm -hmm. And they said to me, right, look directly into my eyes. And they said, women will save the planet. And they said it two more times. They said, women will save the planet. And basically, as they said it the third time, my whole body was shaking. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So they didn't tell me what to do or how to do it. Um, I just I remember going home that night and thinking, wow, women will save the planet. I wonder how that's going to be possible. And um, about three or four weeks later, I go into um, the national championships, which happened to be in Las Vegas. And it was a sprint triathlon where you swim one mile and we swam in Lake Mead and you ride your bike up 25 miles up into Las Vegas. And then you run your 10K. And I was on in that triathlon and I'm like on my bike. I'm in second place. The cameras are on us. You know, they're like following us. And I'm like dying up this big hill. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is crazy. Everything I'm doing is just for me. You know, it's like in, in the world of triathlon, it's like, how good is your bike? How do you look? What kind of granola are you eating? You know, your next massage, you know, you live a very narcissistic life in a way. It's all about you or about me. You know, it's like, and it's very competitive. And something overcame me. I pulled right into the Dairy Queen, which was on the way because it was right next to our hotel. I pulled right into the Dairy Queen. The cameras are following me. And they're like, what are you doing? You can't get aid. And I'm like, no, I'm stopping. So I immediately, I just packed my bike. And I went home and I called my husband and said, I'm, I'm finished with triathlon. I need to go help save the planet. And he's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I started Women's Quest. And I was really, really, really lucky that throughout my career, I've had amazing guides and mentors that taught me really physical um, the body, the nutrition, all about the mind and, and meditating and yoga and spirituality. And, you know, it was just, I was really lucky and how to change and flip the switch from negative to positive thoughts. So I took everything that I learned through racing, which was such a good vehicle because I wanted to be the best. And when you want to be the best, you really, really work yes. at trying to, you know, balance everything. Right. So yeah. from that world is how I created Women's Quest. And the bottom line is that we do like to play. Like you said, I have a PhD in play yeah. because if it's not fun, you're not going to do it. Right. That's you have true. to smile and have a good time and laugh and, and be joyful. It's funny how you had those two events happened right on the heat. One happened on the heels of the other. I do believe God speaks in stereo. You know, if there's something we are supposed to hear, we're going to hear it as many times as we need to so that we can take action. And then you decided there at the Dairy Queen <laughs> that you were going to quit. Try out. I can't believe you pulled into a Dairy Queen. That is hilarious. <laughs> I know. That's kind of like my motto. It's, you know, it's like, whoa. And it was kind of like a shock to my system, actually, because all I've known is training and racing my whole entire life. I've been an athlete my whole life. So pretty much that was what I knew. But I knew that I needed to start something for women to gather and learn that everybody was an athlete, that it's not just for the elite, that there is an athlete with, within each person, and that it's such a great motivator and a, and a good pathway. You know, it's to move your body is just as good of a, of a pathway of a pathway as meditation. It yes. is. It's moving meditation. That's what I love about the Women's Quest Adventures. Even though your whole staff um, primarily are professional athletes. 
you don't have to be a professional athlete by any means to to come on one of your adventures. In fact, I was anything but, and I had never really mountain biked. And we're mountain biking through the hills in, oh my gosh, you guys, you have not lived until you've been behind Colleen Cannon on a mountain bike. I felt like <laughs> I, I never really knew, like I said, um, you know, we're supposed to work out to failure every once in a while to get our, uh, our cardio up. I never had felt my heart beat out of my chest like that until I mountain biked with you. <laughs> that was crazy. But well, you know, the, the main things we learned was to slow down. Actually, all of the professional athletes that lead Women's Quest have all brought it back to balance. And they've learned how to um, that it's not about going hard and pushing and going and doing. You don't want to add more to your plate. You want to actually learn how to balance it and rest yes. and restore your body, reboot the system. Yes. But I think at that point I hadn't really learned what I was capable of. I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I hadn't pushed myself to that. So that I, I thank you for that. I just want to go back to that 2012 thing. You know, now we're in 2015 and the world has not come to an end. And you know, all those prophecies. I, I think a lot of them were metaphoric prophecies, but the Dalai Lama had a similar quote where he said the world would be saved by a Western woman. Do you see any progress to that end at this point? Well, absolutely. And I don't think it's necessarily a woman. I think it's the feminine principle. You know, we have this masculine, this go, do, be, hardcore side of us that is kind of like more push. And, and it's it's good because we need action in our life. But it's the feminine principle about restoring and receiving and actually renewing and, you know, tapping into yourself that more of the feminine principles is, I, I think, what is going to save the planet, basically. Good. I agree with that. I've been saying that this whole year on my podcast. So talk about a little bit why retreat or rest or whatever we want to call it is important and especially for women. Well, I think, you know, at Women's Quest, we have... Um, two different little totems that we work with. One is the wind horse energy. And it's that the strength of the wind and the power of the horse. And so this wind horse is actually your vitality or your chi or your prana, your mana. It's who you are. It's, it's like you, your body, energy. And as women, I think we try to go, do, and be 24-7. And what happens to our wind horse energy, our creative life force, is that it kind of goes down the rabbit hole. So we get really tired, we get depressed, we drink more caffeine, we try to keep up in this male-dominated world and push ourselves. And, you know, we almost have to stop the madness because you can't create in that state. So at Women's Quest, we really try to help you restore that and learn how to balance everything out so that you can reignite your life force energy again to build this energy. And it is possible. It is so possible. I mean, I felt like I came back from my Vermont retreat so renewed and re-inspired. Oh my gosh, I wrote a book. I've done so many different things. I started this podcast. I was inspired to do so many different things just by being with a group of women who were so we were sort of on the same path, even though everybody was from completely different backgrounds and everybody had different life stories, but we were there for the same purpose. So there's a lot of power in that. Absolutely. And that wind horse energy, like you say, you came home all, you know, ready and renewed to create. The wind horse takes your dreams from the earth realms to the heavens. So without this energy, you can't create. Mm. And what's happening, as I'm saying, is that women, you know, we have the children, we have the relationships, and now they're working, and now they want to 
you know, do more things and fit more into the daily planner. And it's just not possible. Right. We are the creators. The feminine principle is the creative life force. But as women, we are the creators. So we do have to keep that. I guess it's a wind horse. I didn't know I was getting my wind horse mojo going. (laughs) So (laughs) thank you. You got your wind horse talking. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Back in the day when you were training for triathlon, you you worked with some of the early spiritual, um, the enlightened ones, Deepak Chopra, Louise Hay, before they were so well known. So why don't we talk about some of your ideas for retreats or reboots that we can do in between our getting away? Because, you know, as women, we have families to raise, we have jobs, we have so much, like you said, going on. Uh, there just isn't that opportunity. But if we make time every day, which I'm working on, I'm working on making time every day for a, a little mini reboot. So maybe some of your ideas that you learned from some of those experts and you've incorporated into your life, can you impart that wisdom? Oh, absolutely. And I really think now instead of doing like 20 minute meditations twice a day, you can do these little one minute meditations and really get the same benefit. And the early days I worked with Phil Maffetone, who um, was a chiropractor, but he was also a coach. And he taught me about health and, and fitness. So he said it was it's really important to be fit, but you want to be healthy. And healthy is the body, mind, and the spirit. So he was the first person that told me that. And I was like, okay. So he told me that I had to slow down and use the heart rate monitor and all of these things. And from slowing down, I got so much faster. So my, my first keys for women today is to slow down. Um, in the triathlon world, when I did slow down, I my 10K time, I actually dropped it three minutes. So it went from um, from 38 minutes to 35 minutes. So that was huge. And I had to learn to slow down to restore myself. So my first my first little meditation, one minute meditation is just to slow down and make a way for yourself. Um, invite yourself back to yourself and relax and don't push because everything you'd have to kind of kind of Rumi says, make a way for yourself inside yourself. So you just need to slow down, you know, and, and stop the madness, you know, stop feeling like, you know, I, I think probably you said you were thinking that I was going to give you like your first thing is to run 10 miles. Yeah. But really the first thing, <laughs> the first thing is really not to go and push yourself, slow down and don't push yourself. And, um, Deepak was really influential in my career, and he was the one that taught me meditation and how to tap the quantum field, and that was way before it was really cool to do. So he taught me about really taking 20 minutes twice a day and meditating, and at first, you know, like, I am a mover. I'm a shaker. I did not want to sit down and do this meditation, but after a while, I actually learned, you know, how to calm myself, how to calm all the craziness out of my brain and just relax. So from him, I basically learned a few things for like the one minute meditations. I think that um, basically you can just smile. <laughs> if you just smile, it opens the central channel. So I think that is a real key. Um, that's one of the definitely the ones that I use every day when I wake up. I kind of do a little mini tune up right when I wake up in the morning as well. You know, I just kind of do an awareness check to my body and say, okay, Everybody, how are you doing today? I kind of welcome everybody up. And then I'll go and I move my body a little bit. 
Now, it doesn't mean that you have to run 10 miles. It may mean that you want to just bounce around a little bit, or if you don't have time to move or do any kind of yoga practice, you could basically just get your lymph moving, which is do dry brushing on your skin, mm. you know, exfoliate your whole body. Your I have a dry alive. brush, okay. Colleen, and I always forget to use it. Do you, Is there some place you put it so you remember to do it? Because I, I have it sitting in a drawer and I keep forgetting. It is great. Yeah, yeah they have little dry brush mitts that you can use too. Yeah, just keep it somewhere close by. If you can't do it, just grab a washcloth and just do your whole body with a washcloth. What does that do for us? It kind of exfoliates all the dead skin and the dead cells off so that the new renewable skin can kind of like be, hello, it's me, it's my time. So I really think it it does help. It makes you feel so much better. And I do a practice myself called Awakening the Senses, where I'll start with my eyes, and I'll just kind of tap my eyes or around and squish my eyes and move my eyes around, and I'll go through my hair and the top of my head all the way down to my feet and opening the toes. And, you know, that might take a little bit longer, but... If you're just sitting there at work, you can just like actually lightly tap your um, your skin all the way down. Mm. It's kind of like a little thumper on your skin. You just thump it all the way down. It kind of moves the lymph. It's like you're going for a run, but you're not. It's like a sitting kind of run. <laughs> all those things get us back into our body because I feel like a lot of women, and myself included, we spend a lot of time in thought, left, sort of, we've left our bodies because we're thinking about the next thing and we're not in, in the moment. Right. So, yeah. Well, that makes sense. That's, um, that's a really good point that you've brought up because in my racing days, I was also trained by um, Louise Hay and Shakti Gawan and Jane Roberts. And from Louise Hay, I learned about affirmations and visualizations. And from Jane Roberts, I learned that you actually create your own reality. But one of the things that I learned is that you have to train your brain You have to learn to flip the switch from the negative to the positive. I mean, more than anything, it's like really learning, I guess, how to be happy and create happy molecules. Mm -hmm. So I actually did a lot of that. I I worked with that. And Rick Hansen has this thing that he calls now taking in the good. So, you know, your brain really wants, you know, it holds on to the bad. It's like Velcro. So when you have bad things happen or you're like stressed out, it holds on to that. And it's like Teflon for the good. So all the good stuff just kind of like runs right off. So when you have these experiences like a sunrise or that you're breathing or that you're calm, if you take that in and you just take a moment to breathe it in, it has such impact on the body and the brain. And it makes this new pathway for the good. So as an athlete, I was training this a long, long time ago. I had these little mind games that I would play. Um, because when you're in an Ironman race and you're on your bike and there's a headwind and, you know, you have no food and it's hot, if you start going down the rabbit hole, you know, you're done. So I really had to learn how to train the mind at that point. So I think that is a huge thing that we actually do at Women's Quest too, to help people be happy and um, joyful and learning how to like, okay, get out of the resentment phase and the grumpy phase and into some renewed possibilities. Talk about what the uh, Dalai Lama said to the waitress. I think you told me that story before we got on. I was reading this um, this story where this waitress had come up to the Dalai Lama and she was asking him, you know, like she was serving him and asking him, okay, if you could only tell me one thing, what would it be? You know, I don't have a lot of time just, you know, as a woman would say, Dalai Lama, can you just give me the one thing? 
And um, he said, yes, be joyful, be happy. It's the most important thing. Enjoy your life. And that really does hit home because when you're in this fast paced world, you know, it's like, well, I have to go. I have to go pick up the kids. I got to go do this. Oh, God, I've only done one out of my list of 10 things to do today. I am unworthy. I'm not good enough. And so then we start making and I didn't get enough sleep. And by the way, I've had a chocolate bar. <laughs> so then you start getting really bummed out about it. And so you have to learn and find ways to change your perspective and say, gosh, you know, give yourself praises like, wow, I woke up today. You know, when I did the triathlon, I used to write in my journal every day, not how much I trained or how good I was or my times. I would write in my journal how I felt about myself that day. And sometimes it was, oh, my gosh, I only tied my shoes today really well. So every success that I had during that day, I would write down, even if it was a beautiful sunset that I saw, I tied my shoes well, I rode my bike well, whatever I did. And then the night before the race, I would read those things to myself and I would beef myself up and give myself praises because I'd be like, oh, man, I am so awesome. I am great. And I would even get my husband. I would call him on the phone the night before the race and I'd say, can you give me my 10 praises? So I, enli I would enlist people around me to give me my praises. And he would say, you're the best. You're the fastest. You're the skinniest. <laughs> I love training a husband to tell you how skinny you are. What a good, good man. I know. It's great. It's like you flip the switch and you change your perspective. Totally. Oh, and I have to tell you the story. We, um, this triathlon that I was a spokesperson for, it was about 2000 women that had been doing this race for a few years. And I was like, okay, let's put their name on their number. And then when you're running, let's encourage each person to call out something for the each person or, you know, so as they're biking or running, they're going to say, way to go, Connie. And what happened in that race is that it became more of a community instead of competitive. And everybody did so much better. Their times were really so much faster. And it was way more fun. Like everybody was like, you rock, you go, girl. And it was it was just hilarious. Everybody was praising everybody. I am so glad that you said that because I believe that's why we're here. We're here to encourage each other. And there's even research. I don't even know where it is. Maybe you know, Colleen. But there's research that's been done about when you give praise, you're, it raises your own endorphin levels. So I always try when I'm in a race and I'm feeling particularly tired, I like tell somebody else how great they're doing. It's a little selfish, but it works. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I think it makes you feel good. And and even those times when you don't, when you say, okay, I don't have anybody to give praises to, what I've done is that I've put little blessing pads on my shoes. So it's another way of giving back so that the earth can feel, you know, like it's praised or with my eyes or with my car tires. So what I did with, um, I put little blessing pads on my shoes and I know it works because I would, before I would go on my run, I would put these little blessing, you know, imaginary you know, blessing pads on my shoes and I would run my little five mile loop and we had a forest fire and the forest fire did not come over the grid that where I had put set an intention of love mm. around. <clears throat> so that was really phenomenal. And ever since then, I've said, okay, I've programmed my shoes and you don't have to do it every day. I just say, okay, shoes, you're going to do this for as long as you're with me. Then I tell my car, it's going to do that. And I tell the water that I'm drinking that it's going to come in and create that in my life. Tell my eyes so that I program my body and my subconscious mind for love and happiness and appreciation. 
And it's really powerful. Yeah, that's a good segue because I think we've talked about body. We've talked about mind. Let's talk a little bit about spiritual renewal because I know you believe and I believe everything is sacred. Everything, even your, your shoelaces. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you, how do you renew yourself spiritually? I mean, we live in this world that is so toxic and, and if you really let it, it could get you get you down on a daily basis. So how do you renew yourself in a spiritual way? Well, I think for me, I do something I call like a little bit of a digital detox. If I'm really serious about it, I try to disconnect from the computer, from the phone, even if you can only do it one or two minutes, Mm -hmm. like shoot your television. It could be really empowering, (laughs) but you know, maybe try for one day or one minute not to watch the news or not to watch television or Um, what I do personally is I go outside and I'll stand on the earth barefoot because that is a really quick hookup to nature and to your spiritual essence and to who you are and your body will balance. And so that's what I do. And I try to do, I disconnect from everything that's computerized and that makes me feel not good enough. Like if you go on the computer, there's so much information. It has you going full throttle. It kind of takes you from the from the Kairos time, which is the magical time, which is the spiritual essence, to the Kronos, which is more watch. I have to go and do it in this time frame. So all these time-saving devices have popped us out of um, our true our true essence of who we are. It's It's got us watching the clock, and it's got us feeling not good enough. It's like, oh, my God, look what everybody else is doing. Help, I'm not good enough. So if you can disconnect, I highly recommend it, even for a minute. If you can start with one minute, move yourself to two, move yourself to 10, you know, slowly, slowly move yourself back out into nature. And nature for me is my connector. And not everybody has the Rocky Mountains outside their window. Mm-hmm. So what I, what you can do is just put some flowers on your desk or keep a plant nearby or get some essential oils and breathe in lemon or um, walk barefoot even in your office. Um, you know, different little small things that you can do just to kind of bring yourself back to yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this whole huge, I'm going to have to do this long yoga practice. And I, it's not that I have to go do, um, you know, an hour of meditation because you can do these little snippets of the one minute meditations or the one moment meditations to bring yourself back to mindfulness and to feeling good. I mean, the practice, this one yogi was asked, what's the best practice that I should do? And he said, well, do the one that you're going to do. So if you only have time that day to like smile Say, all right, I smile today. I'm so good. And then your body says, wow, she's awesome. And it will relax. And it won't feel that I have to go do this. Hmm. And, and your natural state is already that tapped in, tuned in, turned on person. It's not, you're not disconnected. It's like the eternal game of tag. You are it. You know, you're it. You can't not be it. So you are that grace flowing wonder woman. And we snap out of that sometimes. So it's just these little ways of getting back to that. Your, your natural state is like, like a flower or anything that turns, turns gently toward the light. It's, you're always wanting to go toward what feels a little bit better and always towards what makes you feel good and in alignment with who you are. I just love talking to you. <laughs> you're such a light. <laughs> 
Oh, and this is just a little snippet, just a tiny little snippet of what you get if you go on a women's quest adventure. Colleen, why don't you tell us about some of the upcoming adventures and where we can get more information about women's quest? Oh, yay. Well, our website is www.womensquest.com. That's W-O-M-E-N-S-Q-U-E-S-T.com. And we have a Bali trip coming up. We have um, a Sonoma cycling, hiking in the Redwoods, and a, um, a spa day. Connie, you would love that. I had to put in a spa day because we're right next to the Calistoga Hot Springs, so everybody gets a massage or a mud bath. Oh, my so gosh. We, uh, I know. It's a fantastic trip. It's like going to Italy without the passport because um, Sonoma, California, looks like Tuscany. And the bike riding's fantastic. And... Uh, we do yoga twice a day. All of our trips for the last 25 years have all had yoga twice a day, usually a morning practice and afternoon meditations, and then something physical. And we usually do some kind of artistic something to kind of with the heart's desire or get people in their creative side. And um, we play and we laugh. I think I call it rekindling the kid energy. Um, we have a call in Colorado this summer. If you really want to reboot, like with a boot, um, we have a horse retreat. It's really fantastic. And then we have our Colorado adventure retreat, which is more, um, that's like mountain biking and hiking and yoga and the ropes course and more Colorado kind of activities. And then the horse retreat is in August. And then of course we're back to where you came, Vermont. And we go to Tuscany in the fall, Peru in the fall. And Costa Rica, my new thing is surfing, so it's surfing and yoga. We do Costa Rica surfing and yoga. We have about three or four of those retreats. I'm looking at that one. I think I think that might be my next. Oh gosh, I got to get a picture of it. You know what's so fantastic is that all the women over fifty that are surfing—it's crazy. It's a new craze. Why Um, not? I had (laughs) on the last trip, I had six grandmothers surfing. And their grandmothers are in their early 50s, and they are cranking it. So I was like, oh, my gosh, it's not over till it's over. You know, learn surfing at 50. It's fantastic. It's my new addiction. I can't. I'm like, oh, my God. What a great way to go, though. I mean, you know, if I got to die, I I might as well die surfing, right? (laughs) (laughs) I know it. Or flying up to Machu Picchu or something fantastic. Exactly. I know. I tried it in um, when my kids were little. We were out in Oahu, and we had... Oh gosh, what was his name? He was like, uh, he was some famous surfing guy like you. He was a surfer, like a, a professional surfer. And he taught my kids and he got my daughter up. I mean, but I couldn't get up for the life of me. I got up for like two seconds. And, uh, but I think now I'm a little more fearless now having been on the Vermont trip. So this, <laughs> yeah, this sounds if awesome. You, like you can do anything. I, I agree. So do you still bring Christina, the massage therapist, along with you on oh. most of your trips? Absolutely. She's awesome. Oh, she's amazing. And she does a massage called Phenomenal Touch. And um, it, it is, it's, we, we usually bring our staff everywhere that we go because I'm pretty picky. And um, But in Costa Rica, we have yoga with Nancy Goodfellow, who's fantastic. Um, she does a wonderful, beautiful yoga practice for us, which really opens up our arms. And um, so every retreat, we have really, really good instruction and education because we want everybody to be empowered. You know, you want to get these skills for the rest of your life. 
these are life fun skills. This is not like, oh, I have to go add more to my list. I, I, I never understood working out. It's like I go work out. No, you want to go play. You want to go have fun and move your body and your body wants to move. Yeah. Yeah. So is that, would you say that's your one thing? If you had one thing, since, since that seems to be the theme, the one thing, what would your one thing that you could impart to everyone be as we end this podcast? Oh my gosh, I guess movement, but you know, laughing, laughing really makes you move. And if I was to say one thing, when you laugh, your whole body shakes, you create happy molecules. It's a release of energy and, and you know, it comes from smiling and that hooks you up to your complete central channel into who you are. So if you can only do one thing, just laugh. Okay. Laugh with each other. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's laugh. laugh. Let's just end this podcast <laughs> laughing, Colleen. What do you think? <laughs> okay, thanks for coming on the podcast. You're awesome, honey. You're awesome. You're awesome. We'll see, You're you. see you at Women's Quest. Back to Happy, A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. It's about love and sadness and being human. The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy, in paperback, Kindle and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.